Greetings and welcome back to another ongoing series of Shurman Dafyomi. My name is Yitzchak Et Shalom. We're now in Masachat Shabbat Tavkuv Zayin Amoralaf, about to begin our study of the 14th chapter of Masachat Shabbat, Perak Shmonesh Ratzim, which deals in the first Mishnah, and therefore in this first podcast, with a continuation of the discussion of Tzedah, of trapping, and in what case trapping is uh, is malacha uh, for which you are liable. Uh, we will use that as a tangent to build. A, we'll uh, go from there to a tangent about issues of chabalah, of wounding, where the critical question is: Are we talking about an animal who it has skin separate from its flesh, so that it, the possibility of chabalah exists with the blood forming underneath the skin? Uh, or not, and uh, and we'll see that at play in the first Mishnah. The other three Mishnayot in the Parak, which will comprise respectively podcast number two, three, and four, all deal with issues of Rufuav Shabbat therapy, uh, medicinal uh, involvement on Shabbat, and uh, we will uh, at that point I'll give a quick introduction to the issues relating to Rufuav. Shmona Shvatzim Amrim Torah. There are eight kind of rodents that the Torah lists, uh, including a rat, for instance, and a lizard, which are listed, and I have them in the first pasuk on the on the page, which is two pasukim and vayikrayut aleph. Those are the eight that if they uh, die, then there is a too much sheretz for touching them. Hatzadar v'chovel bahen, whether you trap them or you wound them, chayav. Ushash katsim rasim, all those other verdants and uh, vermin, etc., and rodents, patur. If you wound them, you are patur. But If you trap them because you need them for something, then you are chayav patur. But if not, then if it's not for need, then you are patur. patur We have the exact opposite when it comes to animals or birds that are in your domain. If you trap them, you're patur. They're already in your domain, but if you wound them, you are chayav. Okay. Since in the in the opening part of the Mishnah we said that if you wound one of the Shmona Shvatsim, you're chayav. That implies that they have skin distinct from their flesh. Mantana. Who's the Tana who, accept, who believes that? This is a Mishnah in Chulin, Perktet, Mishnabet. No, Rabbi Yochum and Nuri Omer, Shmona Shvatsim, Yeshtan Orot. And that is in the context of tub'ah that extends to or uh, of an animal. Rav disagrees and says even Rabbanan would agree with our Mishnah. They only disagreed with him. In the context of tub'ah, So to extend it to those who have uh, to skin which is tame, just like their flesh is tame, meaning they have skin which is distinct, and uh, and that's specifically in Tumat. When it comes to Shabbat, Rabbanan would agree that um, that the Yuchayav for Chabalah of these eight Shratzim. If you trap one of them, fine. But say something kind of strange here, which is there's only skin for the ones that Chachamim listed. So the ones they listed don't have skin, meaning distinct from the flesh. Here's what it meant: 
The only place where the skin is separate from the flesh is what the Chachamim did not list. But the statement was not what they didn't list, but what they did list. This is what it means. The only cases where they have skin, which is matame, like basar, is the ones they listed. He holds even the ones they did not list are also matame. He said they have orot, right? They have skin. Explain it as follows. As far as Tuma goes, it's only the ones that Chachamim listed in that Mishnah in, uh, in Chulin that are Metame. But they don't disagree about Shabbat. I see that uh, that if you're chovel, you're chayav. So bishvatzim sheishdan orot veizu yichaburah shen achuzeret yitzvaradam al pishal leyatzah. And what's a permanent chabura, permanent wound, where the dam gathers underneath the uh, underneath the skin, even though it doesn't come out. Rabbi Yochum and Nuri Omer shvatzim yeishdan orot. So he does disagree, and this is about Shabbat. Rashi man Tanakama. So who's the Tanakama there? That's Rabbi Yehuda, who has a unique position on all of this. The Azal Bata Gishta. He says it's not the classification of the Shmona Tzotzim, but what it feels like. If you, it feels like it has separate skin, then it does. The lizard is like the rat, as far as this goes. The Rabbanon that we saw from Mishnah Chulin, who disagreed with Rabbi Yochanan about they agree about Shabbat that it is Chaya for Chabalah. Then the Brita should say and Machlokato, meaning and those who disagree with him about Tumah, but they all agree about Shabbat. So the answer is We have a version that says that in the Brita. How do we know that a wound has to be something to be classified as a chabura that's permanent? Can a kushi change the color of his skin or a a leopard its spots? So my what does that mean? You mean that it that it has those spots? Um it it should be chavar um, verotav. So the answer is no. Gvanami bayale. Why should it say chavar verotav? It should say its colors. Eleka kushi, meaning it's comparing him to somebody of black pigmentation. Ma orodi kushi enachoseret. Just like somebody who's black stays black. Av chaburah enachoseret. Similarly, a chaburah. That's why I picked the word chavurotav instead of gvanav. Uh, is something that does not ever change. So therefore, Chabura has to be permanent to be classified that way, and therefore it involves blood either coming out or gathering under the skin. Okay, Ushar Shkatsim. Now, the Mishnah then talked about other Shratzim, uh, whether you're Chayav, so you're not Chayav for Chabalah, you're Chayav for Tzedah, only if you need them, but the implication is Ha-Horgan Chayav, implying that if you kill them, you're Chayav for Netilat Neshama. So Madtana, who's the author of that? I'm Rabbi Yirmiyah, Rabbi Leizer. He must be Rabbi Leizer. Tana Rabbi Leizer, Omer Harei Kinav Shabbat Korei Kamal B'Shabbat. If you kill a louse on Shabbat, it's like killing a camel. Meaning you're chayav from the neshama even of the smallest thing. 
only disagreed with about a louse. Because as they believed, it has spontaneous generation, does not reproduce, and therefore it's not classified as something for which you chayav for killing. But other little vermin that do reproduce, lo pligi. The other Rabbanon agree, and therefore everybody would agree that hogan chayav. And by the way, Rabbeliezer and Chachamim inferred what they did from the Elim, the rams that were killed in order to use their skins for the Mishkan. Elim live, when you kill them, they die. So same thing in anything else. Just like rams reproduce, I've called the Parevarave, and therefore lice don't. Abaye says, is it the, the case that lice don't reproduce. The famous midrash on why the kuflam uh, vav is called halel hagadol, and the gemara psachim says because Hakadosh Baruch Hu sits on his very high throne and he feeds the lowest of the low, including beitzei kinim, which means the eggs of lice, which means lice reproduce. The answer is mino to make or beitzei kinim. Beitzei kinim doesn't mean lice eggs. It means a certain kind of lice called beitzei kinim. Vatangat fuya beitzei kinim. Right again, mino to make or beitzei kinim. And again, another mention of it means that's just what it's called. It doesn't mean eggs. For a parosh to paravrave, but a flea reproduces. Vatangat sat parosh for Shabbat. That's what Chaim Rambam poter. That we here we have again Rambam Yehuda seemingly to be the only one who says yechayav for trapping a flea, and Rabbi Shua disagrees. The answer is, you can't, you can't challenge a ruling about trapping to a ruling about killing. The machloket that we already saw about things which are not typically trapped. Rabbi Eliezer says, nonetheless, you're high for trapping. And Rabbi Shua says, you don't typically trap fleas, therefore you're not high for trapping them. Rabbi Shua would agree that if you killed it, you're chayav for it. Okay. Back in the Mishnah, Tzadam Natsorach Chayav. So Mantana, who's the author who says that you're only chayav if you trap them for need? That's easy. Rabbi Shimon, who we first saw in the second parak, and then Begadol in the tenth parak, who says when you do a malacha, but not because you want its direct result, your patur would therefore be the author of the one who says it depends why you're trapping the rodent and whether you're chayav. Some people learned that statement as being about this. Something that we saw in the previous parak about the three cases that Shmuel said are patur umutar, and that is mapis morsa lancing a boil. If you're doing it to make an opening, you're chayav. But if it's to get the pasat, you're patur. Because your intent here makes a big difference in the chiyuv. Some of you learned it about this, and this is the other patur mutar. If you trap a snake, if you're doing it to keep it from biting you, your patur, but if it's to, because you want something, uh, therapeutic or medicinal from it, your chayav. 
Same thing, which means that Rav at some point said, the author of Mishnah X is Rabbi Shimon, who says, We have three different versions about what he said it about. Was it about trapping these rodents? Was it about lancing the boil or trapping a snake? Let's say you pull a fish out of the water. When are you chayav until that neshama? The minute that it's hard as a rock, chayav. It has to be between the fins, it has to be that hard. Ravash says on the other hand, it doesn't have to be absolutely dry. Even if it's still exuding some liquids. If you stuck your hand into the womb of an animal and you moved, you dislodged the fetus, Chayav. So my Tamarava, Baharabduri, Asparali, Baharabduri, who reported this, told me, Lavarav Sheshit, Haiman de Talash Shuta Mihizmi Mihigi, if somebody grabs some hops from the top of some thorn bushes, Mihai Mishum Oker de Rami Gudulo, you're pulling something away from where it grows. So Haram Mihai Mishum Oker de Rami Gudulo, you didn't kill the fetus, as it were, that's not called the Tilat Neshama, but rather, um, you are, uh, Chayav, because you, Removed it from the place where it was growing. If somebody pulls off a uh, a uh, mushroom from the uh, rim or the handle of a jug, you're high for the same reason. You pulled it off from where it's growing. He challenged by the ruling that if you pull something out of a off of a planter that is has a hole in the bottom, you're chayav because it's essentially growing from the ground. But if it's sealed at the bottom, you're patur. Because there, it's not growing from there. Here, the mushroom is growing as the spores that are on the side of this uh, side of this jug. Okay, the Mishnah then talked about a chayav of. If they're in your domain, you're not chayav for tzedah. Now we're going into a different direction. You're allowed to write tefillin on the skin of an of tahor, of a bird. Rav Yosef, my kamash So what's that teaching us? To eat leor that birds have skin. Tanino chovel and chayav. Our Mishnah says that if you chovel, if you wound a bird, you're chayav. So that proves it has skin. So Rabbi Yehuda, kamash is teaching us an important thing. Tuvan usually means a lot of things, but here it's one important thing. Since the skin of a bird typically has a lot of holes in it, lo, I can't write a parchment, use it as a parchment. They taught about a Sefer Torah, or Tfilin, or Mizuzah, that if there's a hole, and when you write with the ink, the ink goes right over the hole, it's a tiny little hole, and, and the ink kind of blows past it. It's not a hole, and you could use it. So that's what we learn from this statement of Ravuna. Made to Rabbi Zeir, I had a challenge. Bichnafav, when the Torah talks about uh, Malika, of an Olata'of, that you uh, separate the wings. Lachshira ta'or, why does it Bichnafav? To tell you that you could put the or on the Mizbeach. If you think it's regular or, Hechem Rabbi Lekra. How could the Torah then be extending it and uh, and and putting it on? So, the answer is Orhu The Torah says it is Or, and the Torah says nonetheless it can go on the Mizpeach. 
Rabbi Zera possibly used this actually as support. Since it's skin, now I understand why the Torah had to tell me, nonetheless it goes on the Mizbeach. But if you think it's not skin, why would the Torah have to go out of its way? Of course, the whole bird goes up. Abaye, according to this, defended the need for that because said, really, I would think it's not or. Since it has holes in it, Mois, it's rejected from the Mizbeach. Kamash Balan, we accept it anyways. Okay. But I mean, again, the, the, the thrust behind all that is that if it is or, then it's something that doesn't normally go on the Mizbeach. I need a Pasuk in order to extend it. But if it's not or, then it's a regular part of the bird. Of course it'd go on. I don't need a pasuk. Could you write fillin on the skin of a dog tahor, a kosher fish? If Eliyahu comes and says, What does that mean? You're waiting for Eliyahu to come, which means we have no determination. If fish have skin, we see fish have skin. In, in all out, we see that uh, the that the not only bones but the skin can act as a chatzitza in olamet, which means it's called skin. What does it mean? If Eliel could tell us any way to actually get the smell fully out of the fish skin. At some point, then, it's impossible. In other words, at this point, we can't use the fish skin for parchment because it just stinks and we can never get the smell out. It's a very interesting story. It's really going to take us to the end of this uh, podcast. Shmuel the Karna. This is the story of the arrival and Rav back in Bavel. Shmuel and Karna, who was, of course, the great Dayan, they were sitting at, on the bridge of Naharmalka. They saw the waters rising, as the waters of the of the um, of the Tigris rising, and they were dirty, like they're kicking up dirt from the bottom. said, There's an important person coming from Eretz Israel, and uh, and and he uh, he's not feeling well in his stomach. The waters are rising to great greet him. Zil Go knock on his uh, on his uh, flask. See what's there. Meaning, go check him out. See if he really is a gavurabba. As a ashkechelerav. So he met Rav. So he asked him a question. You're coming from Israel. Tell us. How do you know that you can't write tefillin except on parchment of a kosher animal? Because tefillin are supposed to be. So the Torah of Hashem should be in your mouth. And what's the drush? I mean, which means it has to be something that could you could put in your mouth. So then he asked him, the dam shu adam. How do we know the dam is red? The famous war where Adam and Yisrael and Yudal went to war against Moab. It ended very, very badly. And uh, they saw this vision of the, the water coming, looking red as blood. So you see, blood is red. There's other psukim also in uh, in uh, Alterayayin Kitadam. How do we know Brit Milah is where it is? Rav's answer was that the Torah talks about Yimola Pesar Orlato and Orlato in the Pasuk and Vayikra about 
leaving the tree, leaving the fruit of the tree for three years. Malan Sepri, just like that's a place of fruit. This is a place which creates fruit. So Aimalibo, maybe it's his heart. You should circumcise the foreskin of your heart in Dvarim, or maybe it's your ears, because uh, Yumiao talks about their uncircumcised ears, they can't hear me. So the answer is, It's a little play on words. Tama here means complete, meaning only when it says orlato without any modifier. But Tama, again, is like the, the idea of complete, because uh, when you take the orla off, the thing is actually complete. You can't then use orlat lavavchem or orlat oznam. It has to be orlato alone. So Marley Maishmech. So then Rav asked this fellow who was inquiring so much, "What's your name?" He said, "Karna." Marley, hey Rav, the tapeuk like Karna meine. You should have a horn grow through in your eye. He was cursing him. Asof Eile Shmuel of Eite Shmuel brought him into his house. Ochle Nama Nesari because of arson. He fed him barley bread. And, uh, that cup of fish and, and fried fish and, uh, the, the milk and, uh, honey, the mixture that they would make. Rashke Shichar, he fed him mead. Velo Achtu le Benakise, didn't show him the Benakise. And he somehow knew that this Rav was not feeling well on his stomach. Kechem the Shtal Shell, he wanted him to, to, uh, loosen his constipation. Wyatt Rav, the Amar, my Demetzar, and the Lukmi le Bani. And so Rav said, whoever it is, my Demetzar, and whoever it is who's troubling me, should never have any children, uh, sons. Indeed, Shmuel only had daughters. Kitanoi. Now we go back to the issue of how do we know that Brit Mila is where it is? Rabbi Yoshia has the same drasha that Rav used in his answer. We don't need that one because what Hashem said to Avraham is a male Arel who does not circumcise then Vinichrita. Meaning it's at a place where he's recognized to be a boy rather than a girl, and that's where that is. Back to the original question. You can write tefillin on the parchment, on the skin. Even if a cow or a, uh, a lamb or a deer uh, died without shechita or became a trefa, uh, nonetheless you could use it. When you take the tefillin, you have to wrap up the parshiot, and then you have to to bind them. So you bind them with the hair of such an animal. And then when you stitch the boxes of the tefillin, you have to stitch them with sinews and from also from these kind of animals. That's You can't write it on a pig skin or horse skin. Or let's say a monkey or a Certainly not a nevela trefa of a non-kosher animal. And you can't use their hair or their sinews to do that wrapping or stitching. So Meshua Garci was asked by a sectarian, Who's, why can't you write tefillin on the skin of an unkosher animal? And he answered, It's something you could eat. 
So he asked him the same question, that it shouldn't be, be able to be written on the skin of a Nevelao Trefat. I will give you a parable. Two people were sentenced to be executed by the king. One was killed by the king himself. Which means one of his lower henchmen killed him. The Rashi says he was like the head executioner. Who's obviously the greater guy? I mean, it's the one that the king killed. So, in other words, the the kosher animal has been brought in. The fact that he was killed, he was killed, but he's still obviously more important. So, if that's the case, you should be able to eat things like that. Uh, so the the Torah said you're not allowed to eat in a veilah. You're because you're reasoning. You want to say to eat it. So, so he said in Greek, very well said. And uh, with that brings us to the end, and from here we will deal with the issues of Rufu Abba Shabbat, which again I will introduce at the beginning of the next podcast. Meantime, we should have a wonderful day.